This is the Education Business Podcast for consultants and business owners providing services in schools. I'm Claire Riley, and I'll be sharing how to start, grow, and scale your education business. So today we're talking about growing your marketing knowledge for your education business. Now, you might think that you don't know very much about marketing and worry that you don't have a marketing degree or even a business degree for that matter. But did you know that I have none of these things either? So my degree is actually in performing arts and so is my PGC as well. And there are a number of people in the business world now questioning whether you even need to attend university at all because you can complete much shorter courses for business and marketing. In fact, you can take a short course online about pretty much anything these days. And I've been on a number of courses that have helped me. Um, some have ranged from you know 30 minutes and some have been three days. And this is obviously much easier to commit to than a three-year or four-year degree. And you can also learn a lot through experience as well. So even before I went into business, back when I was a teacher, I had to learn in quite an unconventional way on the job. And I know that's a thing that people do in teaching now, but back then it wasn't really a thing that people did. And this is because I transitioned from secondary into primary. Now, most teachers who do this have some grounding in what it's actually like to teach a class sat behind desks and how to get children to write in books. But this is something that I had never done before because when I was a secondary teacher, I primarily taught dance and some drama with a little bit of IT thrown in. So the primary world, I have to admit, was completely alien to me, but I wanted to make it work. Now, I was already quite good at evaluating making changes and thinking up creative ideas but my first year in primary learning how to switch my skills with hindrance from the school rather than support to be honest it was actually gold to me not that I realized it at the time but it just fueled my inner entrepreneur so I was learning skills that I would need in business so it's at this time when I was in the first primary school that I began to create what I really needed in my resources and start to analyze the ones that I found in the market. This is before I started Custom Secrets. But the point I want to make here is that I went into my first year in primary knowing a little bit and I learned a lot on the job as I went. So how does this link then to growing your marketing knowledge? Well, today I want you to think about how you can create your own school of marketing. How can you become aware of all you could learn and how you could learn without putting too much effort or time into it. So I'm not really going to cover points today, more just experiences. I'm going to be talking about direct marketing, but also a lot about the customer journey as well, which I did cover in the previous episode. So if you didn't catch that, it's worth listening to that one as well. So the first thing you should do is take stock of what you actually do know now. So over the past few years, I've been telling myself a story that I don't know very much about marketing. And this all came to a bit of a head back in July where I realized that this was not the case at all. And what had happened is that I'd submitted to people that I'd brought into the business. And this was all me, by the way, not them. And thinking that they must have this magic formula and that I was clueless because I had no qualifications. But something happened that caused me to look back over the last eight years. And I realized how much marketing that I'd done over that time And I started to identify where the marketing was in our business story. And I saw that I've been doing this a long time. So that's the most important um, step there to stop thinking that you don't know anything and realize that you do because belief or lack of it 
can seriously hold you back. And funnily enough for me, when I discovered this about myself that I did know about marketing, it wasn't like finding a, you know, a single gold coin on the beach. It was like finding a full box of treasure. So I didn't realize that I knew a little bit. I realized that I knew a lot and everything that I had done had been responsible for the growth that we've had. Now, at this point, you might be feeling a little alarmed. You might be thinking, how could she not realize this? And obviously, subconsciously, deep down, we do know something. But this was more about admitting it to myself, about bringing it to the surface and focusing on it and acknowledging myself for it and then using that to move forward. So I sat down and I took stock of everything that I did know about marketing, everything that I'd picked up, and I suggest that you start there, especially if you feel like your confidence levels are low in this area. It might be that they were once healthy, like in my case, and then have taken a dip for whatever reason. But the important thing is that you're ready to get back on track. And secondly, you should start developing your observing skills or develop them more. So when I was in year 11, I remember writing an advert. So it could have been for a piece of coursework or something. I can't quite remember, you know, the context, but the, the advert was for something I can't remember either, but it wasn't anything exciting. And as part of the piece of work, I had to analyze an existing advert that was in one of those magazines where you could earn points for a clock in three years or something. You know, it was that kind of magazine. They always sold something on the last page. Anyway, when my teacher, Miss Brealey, handed me the marked uh, piece of work back to me, she said something really surprising. She told me that I should go into marketing. So she obviously saw something in me when I was 15. I responded by pulling a face and telling her that I didn't fancy that. And then she tried to sell it to me by telling me that I could get a really good job in London. But if you've heard me tell the story of why I did a PGCE instead of trying to get an acting job, then you'll know that living in London doesn't really float my boat. I love to visit London, but I also like living in the semi-countryside as well. So at this point in time, I had no idea why she'd said this, that I should go into marketing. And it's only as I've got older that I've started to understand what she might have recognised. So a few years later, when I was still at university, I became aware of the fact that I was analysing marketing. I'd, I'd been doing it, but I just became aware of it. So back then, it would happen quite a bit when I was sat on the bus, because I didn't drive back then. And I'd look at billboards, direct mail, websites, emails, TV adverts. And I had no idea that I was looking at the marketing. I was just interested, or possibly bored on the bus. And I'd often ask myself what feeling they were trying to create in me, and what action they were trying to inspire me to take. And I think I actually came at it from the perspective of not wanting to be taken in by them, not wanting to get scammed, which I think you'll probably find quite funny. But I also realised that it did link to performing arts and storytelling as well, which is a real passion of mine. And I studied that for a number of years. And I'd written and directed a couple of plays of part, as part of the courses um, that I was doing. And they were always very moving. And while I was at university, I also had a part-time job at the cinema. And I identified way back then what it was that made a film good, in my opinion. And it was that it had to move me. If it didn't move me, then it wasn't worth watching. So that didn't mean that it had to be sad. I don't just watch sad <laughs> 
films or sad series, you know, you could be moved to laughter as well. But the point of a story being told, whether that be a film, a production, or even an advert, is to create an emotional response. So all of this I know and understand when I reflect on it without a marketing degree. My observation was turned on a long time ago, and whether that's a link to performing arts or not, I don't know. So when it came to marketing in Classroom Secrets, I'd already like had this hypersense and I'd already developed my thinking without consciously doing it over time because the way that people share their message really interests me. So how tuned in are you to how others are sharing their message? You know, does it turn you on or off? And can you identify why it turns you on or it turns you off? When you receive products or you buy a service, are you analysing how it makes you feel and why that is? Because life can teach us so many things as an entrepreneur, especially about marketing. You know, everyone in our daily lives, we're always trying to inspire others to take actions that are beneficial for us. I try and market to my kids all the time. Unfortunately, it's not very effective with them. So hone your observing skills in marketing and business. It's also important as well not to be just looking at education businesses. So sometimes we believe that this magic, this magic formula in the education sector, and I honestly don't believe that there is. I think it's about making decisions to test ideas from the most informed place possible. And there's a lot we can learn from businesses outside the education sector as well. So here are some of the observations that I've made that I'm going to share with you. So I prefer Netflix to Prime. Some people might say the opposite because to them it's about content, but for me, it's about ease. Netflix feels easy. So notice that I'm observing how Netflix makes me feel when I compare it to Prime. So Prime is good, but it's hard for me to know what's free and what's not. So when I click on something that I have to pay for when I'm trying to get the TV on for the kids, I feel this knot in the pit of my stomach. And, you know, it's not as bad now, uh, now that the children are older, now that they're three and five. But when they were one and three, that was a nightmare because there was noise, usually screaming. And I had to make a decision there and then that I wasn't ready to make, whether to buy a film or a series, um, because that's what they really wanted to watch. And maybe you're thinking that this story isn't relating to marketing because I've already bought Netflix and Basic Prime. But it is because this is how the companies make me feel. There's a website that I used to buy makeup from. And when it arrived, um, the package, it was always really nicely done. You know, they individually wrapped each item in tissue paper. They sent a mini tube of love hearts and they included some information about where to watch the tutorials on how to use each item. It was a really nice customer experience and I remembered it and I thought about it. Just like you'd find yourself reflecting on a film or a book the next day that had really moved you, that had created this emotional response. But what wasn't great about this makeup company is that every time I bought from them and went to the thank you page, there was a grammar error. So it was actually only on about the fifth purchase that I thought, you know what, I'm going to mention it to them. So I mentioned it to their customer service team because obviously they weren't noticing it for themselves because, you know, this is probably over the course of a year. And I was so nice about it as well. And I thought they'd just want to know. And they thanked me and they said that they'd investigate it and then they just ignored me. And I imagine it's still wrong now, but I wouldn't know because I don't buy from them anymore. Now, they had a lovely customer journey, but obviously they thought that they could fix something once and then move on and that their customer journey wouldn't need editing. 
Now, the reason that I don't buy from them is not because they've got a mistake on their thank you page, just in case you were wondering. I did buy from them a few more times after that, but my feelings towards them changed when I'd helped them. It cost them nothing. And I was made to feel like my help didn't matter. So I unconsciously stopped being a super fan because of that little breakdown in the relationship. Now, maybe you're thinking, wow, Claire, you've, you've thought into this in you know way too much. You've analyzed it in too much detail, but have I? Or am I just tuned in to the entrepreneur school of marketing and how different companies make me feel on the reasons for those things? Find someone else who is interested in analyzing this stuff with you, just chatting it through. And it might not be somebody in marketing. In fact, it's probably not gonna be. So for me, I talk to Ed about some of this kind of stuff. And especially when we're out and about, I can't stop myself from noticing this kind of thing. I just see business everywhere because I just really love business. You know, we'll be in a restaurant and I'll notice how much the waiter tries to make me feel about, um, I'll, I'll notice how the waiter tries to make me feel about the specials. Or I'll see displays in a shop window and I'll think about the layout and what the purpose of it is. And I'm, you know, I suppose it's probably sounding like it's really, um, really calculated, but it's not, it's just very natural, just, you know, a curiosity thing. So I don't think about these things from a place of judgment. You know, I describe the intention inside as open-mindedness or curiosity. And I feel like I'm doing this to expand my knowledge and experiences. So even writing this podcast, I can see how much I'm jotting down in my mental notepad each week. And it's much more than I realized when I first started writing the episode. So there's this Italian restaurant that's near us and Ed really likes it. But for me, there's only one starter that I like and I want to try different things. And the starters are very similar to each other, which is why I only like one of them. And I don't feel like it's got a good range of choice, so I don't go there anymore. So the purpose of these interactions is about being clear in your mind why you feel what you feel with your interactions with the business and then using that to inform how you make people feel when they react with you in your business. And while you create your own school of marketing, make sure that you learn from both the good and the bad. So if you're filling a form in for delivery, for example, notice when it's clunky because this will help you appreciate more when you see a form that is smooth and you'll know what to do in your company as well. So I look at companies' messaging, branding, the experience of receiving products, and I also do look at competitors sometimes. And it's not from a bring down my competitors point of view. You know, I've never had that mindset. And you know, a lot of my competitors, direct competitors know that I'm not like that. And I, I actually believe that there is space for us all in the market. And I guess this podcast is kind of proof really that I want my competitors to, to succeed as well. But I do make deductions on what I see. You know, I observed the market in this way before we even started Classroom Secrets. There was a big resource provider and a much smaller one. And I noticed that the big one put out the same thing as a smaller one three days later. And every time my perception was that they copied and that didn't give me a good feeling about what was happening. And now I obviously analyze a much bigger market because you know the resource industry is much bigger now. And sometimes I see a company have followed a path that, that we trod first and maybe wouldn't tread again because we know all the details. 
Um, and then I reflect on whether we're trying to do the same. Are we trying to do what other people are doing? Do we actually know the real results? Are we imagining that something got a good result when we actually don't know? And sometimes I notice how products have been launched as well or presented on social media. And I ask myself questions about it. So I feel like this episode has been a little bit of a ramble, but I just hope that the examples have helped you to see how you can create your own school of marketing and what you should be observing all around you to help grow your marketing knowledge. Because many people tell me that marketing is what they need help with. And the best thing we can do is start learning from what others are doing. So Jade and I are now working on the beta version of the Education Business Club and what it could look like and when it will launch. And we're hoping that it will be before the end of the year. So keep listening to my future episodes and staying uh, in touch on the Facebook group, Education Businesses, to let us know what you need the Education Business Club to be and how it can help you. Thank you for listening to the Education Business Podcast. To get more information to grow your business, sign up at educationbusinessclub.co.uk.